When we say call us at Doty Legacy Group, the key word is legacy. It's all about taking care of you and getting it to the next generation the best way possible. Call us at 
And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Victory in Jesus. My name is Howard. I'm Deacon of the Week. If you have any needs this week, if you would like to text me or call me, give me a call. I'll do what I can to help. Now, obviously, you understand that I would be remiss if I didn't remind you what this evening was. <laughs> Those lights are bright. Uh, Tonight is Trunk or Treat. If you have signed up to uh, be a participant and work, I need you here between 5 and 5.30. I need you here between 5 and 5.30. In case some of you missed that, because somebody will say, what time are we supposed to be there? Um, and we will have some light, well, some hot dogs for you too. So uh, if you have not signed up and you still feel that you should, uh, let me know and we'll get you on the list. If you would, let's pray. Father, we thank you today for all you do for us. We thank you for your son, Jesus, and the fact that we do have victory through him. We thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy, Father. And we just pray this morning that you would be with Randy as he brings the words that you've laid upon his heart. Give us the ears to hear. And Father, give us the courage to implement those words as we leave here today, so that as we go to work, at home, play, whatever we do, we would be examples for you in all that we say and do. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Please remain standing. So we read our gospel reading. Uh, this, we're continuing in Mark. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noting that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked them, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one, and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart with all your understanding and with all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. Mark 12, 28 through 34. Amen. You may be seated. As we continue uh, with our worship singing together, I'd like for us to just travel back in time a little bit in our memories. Think about what your life was like before Christ. Think about the, how he has changed you and transformed your life. And let's praise him for that as we sing. 
the breach was far too wide. But from the far side of the chasm, you held me in your side. And you made a way across the great divide. Left behind heaven's throne to build it here inside. And
Aren't you all grateful? Mm. Let's stand together. Read our psalm reading aloud. This is from Psalm 1. This is Psalm 146. We are celebrating as we read this God's power, his incredible unmatched power and his incredible unmatched compassion and love for each of us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations, praise the Lord. Psalm 146. Is over me. You have. 
time am I, am I supposed to be here tonight? Okay, I I just wanted to be the first to ask the question, right? Um, Just to help us all. In in your worship program this morning, you'll see again the commitment card for for our our Acts 1-8 celebration, Rise and Respond. Um, I'm not sure I made this real clear last week, so I and this is my redo. You know, last week we had our missionaries here. We asked people to bring them to the front. We, we need you to share your commitments with us. Whether you came to the front or not, just put them in the offering plate. And that the offering plate is the piece I did not say last week. And so if you are, if you're willing to commit to pray, go or give or to lead, uh, just mark it on the, on the commitment card and then place it in the offering plate as you go out this morning. Um, it be uh, uh, helpful to us as we tabulate the responses and begin to plan uh, what's next uh, in Acts 1-8. First Baptist Church Clinton exists to fulfill the Great Commission by loving people into a growing relationship with Jesus. You hear me say that almost weekly. This morning, I have a question for you. Who does the fulfilling? First Baptist Clinton exists to fulfill the Great Commission. Who does the fulfilling? And the answer is, we do, I do, you do. Yeah. You see, some churches think that it's the staff's job to do the fulfilling because they don't understand that mission is given to all of us. See? Yeah. So now I have another question. First Baptist Church Clinton exists to fulfill the Great Commission by loving people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Who does the loving? We do. Yeah. Yeah. It's each and every one of us, individual responsibility to fulfill the Great Commission and to, in our case, as we've, as we've expressed it, to love some people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Charles Dickens, in his classic, A Tale of Two Cities, opens with these lines, I'm going to give you more than what you'll remember because the famous lines most people remember it was the best of times it was the worst of times and then that's as far as we go but the rest of it is important as well it was the age of wisdom it was the age of foolishness it was the epic of belief it was the epic of incredulity it was the season of light It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. Dickens was not, but could have been describing the moment when we have an opportunity to have a gospel conversation with somebody and we are tongue-tied. And our mind goes blank, and we have nothing to say. Or worse, 
as a believer, I just don't know what to say. Let me help you with that. Let me help you with that, with those awkward moments, with a tale of two stories this morning, using Acts chapter uh, 26. You know, Luke told the story of Paul, Saul's conversion three times in the book of Acts. And so this morning we look at the third one. We've looked at the first two already. It's the same story. We're just putting, taking a different view of it from week to week as we have, have looked at it. And today, I want us to see in Paul's story how we can craft our story to share with others when we have the opportunity of having a gospel presentation. So Paul begins by describing his life before Jesus in verses uh, 1 through 11. Actually, I'm going to start with verse 4, where he actually begins to tell the story himself. The Jewish people all know the way I have lived ever since I was a child, from the beginning of my life in my own country and also in Jerusalem. They have known me for a long time and can testify, if they are willing, that I was conformed to the strictest sect of religion, living as a Pharisee, and now it is because my hope in what God has promised our ancestors that I'm on trial today. This is the promise of our 12 tribes are hoping for, are hoping to see fulfilled as they earnestly serve God day and night. King Agrippa, it is because of this hope that these Jews are accusing me. Why should any of you consider it incredible that God raises the dead? I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And, just, and that is just what I did in Jerusalem. And on the authority of the chief priests, I put many of the Lord's people in prison. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Many a time, I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished and I tried to force them to blaspheme. I was so obsessed with persecuting them that I even hunted them down in foreign cities. Paul just makes a brief statement about his life before he met Jesus. So I want you to think for a moment this morning, and you might want to grab a pencil and piece of paper and jot down some of these things. What was your what is, what is your story? And what you want to do is you want to put um, <clears throat> a sentence or two about your life before you met Jesus. I'll remind you, brevity is a virtue at this point. Sometimes people tell their stories in a way that it sounds like they're bragging on their sins. And one person tells the story and the next one tells the story and he has to be a or she has to be a worse sinner than the other person before. This is not time to brag on your sins. This is time to simply identify with the fact that, that 
that you're a sinner. We all know that you are a dirty, low-down, good-for-nothing, scum-sucking dirtbag. You don't need to tell us that, okay? We already know that. All right. So you don't need to spend a whole lot of time. You know, Paul did it in just a few sentences. He was, he's defending himself before Agrippa, so he throws in some other things. But just a couple of sentences, he gives us the story of his life. He was a Pharisee among Pharisees who was committed to persecuting Christians. That's his story, you see. So, Paul, so as you think about your story, just jot down a couple of sentences. These will come, these, these will be handy uh, for you to use later. Then, Paul told the story of how he came to know Jesus. Listen, listen to how he puts it. Verse 12, on one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus with the authorities, with authority and commission of the chief priest. About noon, King Agrippa, I was on the road. I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying, Saul, or saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the, the goads. And I ask, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. The Lord replied, now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you to, as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and will, and will see. I will rescue you from your own people, from the Gentiles. I'm sending you to them to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of their sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So what is your story? Just write down what you would say to a friend who asked you to tell them how to be saved. Now, as you're doing this, think of a, think of a friendly audience. Don't think of a hostile audience that you have to give a defense to and make a, make a case for Jesus. Think of this as a friend who, one, trusts you because he knows you, and two, think of this as, as this friend who is eager. He wants to know, what must I do to be saved? It's the jailer's question, and he's ready to receive it. What, what will you say to them? Well, you're just telling your story. You're telling your story of how you came to faith in Jesus. I'll share with you some scriptures to use at this point and in a few minutes, but for right now, just think about how you came to have faith in Jesus and, and jot down a few sentences, a paragraph or so of, of your experience. People can argue with the Bible People can argue with 
with about anything you want to put out except your experience because it is your experience. Now, you need to use some scripture. You need to walk people through how the, what the Bible says about how to come to faith in Jesus. But, but your, your testimony of how Jesus changed you has power. It has power with them. And so Paul just told the story of how he came to know Jesus. Then he shared with Agrippa and the crowd the difference Jesus made in his daily life. So we pick up the reading at verse 19. So then King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven, first to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem and all Judea, and then to the Gentiles. I preached that they should repent and turn to God and demonstrate their repentance by their deeds. This is why the Jews seized me in the temple courts and tried to kill me. But God has helped me to this very day. So I stand here to testify to small and great alike. I'm saying nothing beyond what the prophets and Moses had said. What the Messiah would, that the Messiah would suffer and as the, as the first to rise from the dead would bring the message of light to his own people and to the Gentiles. So, what's your story? Just take a few minutes to write a paragraph about how Jesus helps you every day. You know, it's good to think about his constant work in our lives, helping us every single day. So, the, let me just give you a, a, a kind of a rule of thumb that will help you on this. Make this part twice as long as, as your life before Jesus, okay? Because then you're not bragging on your sin, you're bragging on Jesus and how he helps you every single day of your life. This is, this is your opportunity to brag on Jesus, Make good use of the opportunity. And then Paul asked for a response. Verse 24 sets up this ask. At this point, Festus interrupted Paul's defense. Are you out of your mind, Paul? He shouted. Your great learning is driving you insane. Paul's answer. I am not insane, most excellent Festus. Paul replied, what I'm saying is true and reasonable. The king is familiar with these things, and I can speak freely to him. I am convinced that none of this has escaped his notice because it was done in, was not done in the corner. And here's his question. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? 
I know you do. Then Agrippa says to him, um, do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to become a Christian? So Agrippa rejected it. Not every person we share the gospel with will receive the gospel. But that's not a reason for us to not share the gospel with people. It's not because they're receiving it is not my responsibility. It's not your responsibility. My responsibility is to tell the story. To tell the story of how Jesus changed my life. And yours is to tell the story of how Jesus changed, changed your life. And um, so what you want to do is you start looking for ways that you can in, get people to be involved in a gospel conversation with you. So I have this, this get back whip that I hang on the handlebar of my motorcycle. And I don't know how many times when you pull up to a fuel station, a stranger will say, what, what, what's this? Or sometimes, sometimes people in parking lots where it's not a fuel station just pull up. They'll say, what's this? And I say, this is, this is the story of my life. And they look at me kind of funny. And with that, they're curious. They want to know. And so, the, so it has some knots on it. So this first knot is a dark knot. And, and so it, my life was in a, in a dark place. High school sophomore, enabling mother, alcoholic dad, a family without Jesus. My life was in a dark place. Until one day a friend told me the story about Jesus and I moved to the red knot. And this friend, he told me about how much God loves me and how Jesus shed his blood for me. And he shared with me some Bible verses to help me understand Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 5.8, for in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's how God demonstrates his love to us. And Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And Romans 10.9 and 10 says, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved for with your heart you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth you, can, you profess and are saved. And then he said, Romans 10, 13, and whoever, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And I, I made the I made the call, and I moved to the to the white knot. I confessed my sin, repented, asked God to forgive me, and asked Jesus and gave Jesus the control of my life. Jesus brought me out of darkness into light and 
And I became his new creation. 2 Corinthians 5 to 17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. <laughs> Not lingering in the corner somewhere. It's gone. And the new has come. And then I move down to the green knot. Life with Jesus has not made me better than anybody else. Just made me better than I was. In Jesus, I found, I've, I've found what my heart longed for. Love, acceptance, value, and mission. Jesus has been an ever-present help in time of trouble proving his sufficient grace on many occasions. Jesus has led my life daily for 55 years into the best possible life, a life I could never have imagined without Jesus. Way beyond anything I could have thought of. Then I moved down to the gold knot. And I ask the question, is there any reason why you would not want the best possible life you can live now and a life that lasts forever? That's my story. Just walk down, as you saw, just in a few minutes, you can tell the whole story and you can ask them. If they say, no, I can't think of any reason at all, then you pray with them. You let them confess their sin and come to faith in Jesus. See, the, the story, the two stories, one of them is Paul's story, that's pretty obvious. The, the second story, it's not my story. It's your story. It's your story. Only you can tell it. And only you have access to some people who will hear it. You see, I don't have access to the same group of people you have access to. So write your story. Practice it on your family. I purposely wrote some new stuff for my story today, so I had to come back to my notes and look at it because I didn't want to just give you my, the, the quick, memorized version of this story because every day it's a changing story. It has freshness and newness and needs different sets of words to communicate it. But if you'll start... By writing down your story, you'll be ready when the opportunity comes to share the story. You'll take all those awkward moments out of your life. No longer will you find yourself without something to say when the opportunity for a gospel presentation comes because you 
have a story to tell. You have a story to tell. So, it's time for you to rise and respond. Write your story, tell your story. Coach, the famous basketball coach, John Wooden, said, when opportunity presents itself, it's too late to prepare. So if later today, you have an opportunity to share your faith, will you be ready? Oh, by the way, you could likely have an opportunity about six o'clock this evening. <laughs> Are you ready? Are you ready? You could have an opportunity tomorrow at work or the next day while visiting with a friend or the next day while checking in on somebody or the next day or the next day. Every single day has within it opportunities for us to share our story. And we don't because we're not ready. Well, now you don't have an excuse. We've helped you this morning to know how to get ready. The question is, will you get ready? Will you rise and respond by writing out your story in a way that you can tell it in about three minutes? This is not, this is not page after page after page. You can fit it on a half a page. You have a story to tell. And you can tell it everywhere you go. And you can tweak it based upon the, the way the conversation leads into it. I can, somebody can be talking about their family, and I can shift right into my story and present the gospel to them. Somebody can be talking about a hurt in their life, and I can shift right into my story because my story has hurt in it. My story has family in it. You see, somebody can be talking about the fact they feel hopeless and down, and I can shift right into my story because my story is a story of darkness that comes to light. You see, once, once you've done the work to prepare the story, you will find endless opportunities to share the story. But if you don't take time to write it down, I can tell you what will happen. The same thing will happen in the future as has happened in the past. You'll just feel awkward and press on, and the story of Jesus will not get told. Let's not let that happen. Let's rise and respond. So to believers in this room this morning, I ask you to commit to write your story. Practice it on your family. Be ready when you have the opportunity to take, to, to share it. Perhaps we have believers in the room this morning, and, and you need to take the membership step. And so in a moment, we're going to sing, and as we sing, we're going to ask you to step out and take the membership step this morning. You may not be a, yet be a believer and you are in the room with us or you join us online this morning. 
And you've heard Paul's story. You've heard my story. So the question, the question for you is, what are you going to do with Jesus? You see, once presented with the story of Jesus, you have to do something with Jesus. The options, accept him or reject him. Not a middle ground with Jesus. So if today you're not yet a believer, let me invite you to become a believer while we sing, step out and come share with us your desire. If you join us online, click the I Want Jesus in My Life button on our website, firstbaptistclinton.church, or you may text or call me at 660-890-4150. We stand in the room to sing, you'll come as the Spirit calls you this morning. Come.